Hey everyone, welcome to TaxCast with Chelsea, where I give you a small dose of interesting tax news and answer commonly asked tax questions. Today, I'm going to keep it brief as we gear up for tax season. First, let's review the updates on the IRS backlog and implementation of the IRS funding. TIGDA had a recent report released a couple of weeks ago that touts the extra money the IRS received, but not necessarily improved efficiency. This latest report also highlights some of the strains that the IRS will experience coming into the 2023 tax season. Also, I'm going to review the restaurant industry's best kept tax secret. That is the FICA tip credit for paid out tips. I'll discuss who qualifies, how to calculate, and you'll see how this credit can actually add up for business owners. On December 20th of last year, TIGDA sadly announced that the IRS was not going to meet their Get Healthy initiative that was supposed to get them caught up from the COVID shutdowns of operations, which was almost three years ago. While the enthusiasm was hopeful, the sheer manpower was not. On December 2nd of 2022, the IRS said that there were actually 3.7 million individual and business paper returns still waiting to be processed. This is actually three times higher than their goal of 1.2 million, which was criteria set pre-pandemic level. Similarly, accounts management cases awaiting processing were almost 5 million as of December 3rd. In comparison to the IRS goal of 1.1 million cases, which is almost five times higher than what they wanted it to be. The IRS tried to diminish the backlog by reallocating personnel from other departments, but it simply is not enough. The IRS has struggled with hiring like most U.S. businesses, not to mention getting those hired, trained, and onboarded before tax season. So what can we really expect this next tax season? This TIGDEV report released on January 12th of 2023 highlights the impact of the Inflation Reduction Act on the tax administration. They have more taxpayer money to spend, but that doesn't necessarily make for happier taxpayers. There are 38 provisions from this legislation that impacts the IRS ranging from clean energy credits all the way to corporate taxpayers. Overall, they summarize that the additional funding was to improve taxpayer service update its computer systems, and increase compliance and enforcement actions against high-income taxpayers and large corporations. Well, at least half of the funds, about $46 billion, were actually allocated to enforcement, and only 4% was allocated for taxpayer customer service, which is about $3.2 billion. Yet most taxpayers complained of their calls not being answered, not that they thought there should be more auditors. The backlog from December shows that the priorities of the IRA, Inflation Reduction Act, aren't necessarily aligned with U.S. taxpayers getting their paperwork addressed timely. Also attached to the funding, the IRA requires that the IRS operational plan is produced by February 17th of 2023. This details how the resources will be spent over the next decade. This is so that the public and Congress can keep them accountable with the money spent. However, that's less than a month away, and Daniel Werfel, who was a Biden nominee for the IRS commissioner, hasn't even gone through the Senate confirmation process. So without a leader, a plan is hard to devise, and much less accountability to the spending. However, don't be alarmed, knowing that the leadership at the IRS is a little hazy. The IRS is being very vigilant for the unknown plan that will be carried out by the unconfirmed IRS commissioner. Since the IRA's enactment, multiple teams inside the IRS's organization have been organized for the rollout of the IRA. For example, 
the IRS created the IRA Transformation and Implementation Program Office, which is responsible for strategically coordinating agency-wide activities to develop the operational plan. The program office is also responsible for engaging with IRS personnel and Department of Treasury stakeholders, monitoring the implementation of the IRA tax provisions, and then coordinating the organizational transformation efforts that the IRS plans to undertake over the next decade. Finally, the program office is also working closely with the Office of the Chief Financial Officer regarding the tracking and accountability over IRA appropriation funding. Pretty much a mouthful, isn't it? Are you feeling better yet? What could highlight more issues for taxpayers in filing is the fact that the IRS estimates that the tax law provisions impacting the 2023 filing season will require creating or revising 24 tax forms, 29 tax form instructions, and then three publications before the start of filing season. In addition, the IRS will have to modify 20 information technology systems to accommodate the new and revised tax forms. So once the IRS has updated their forms, then the software developers in the soft tax software companies come down and push their, push their updates to the users. We are already seeing a delay with some of the SALT parity acts at the state level passed in Kansas and Missouri. Our own tax software says it'll be another two weeks before finalizing Kansas forms for us to use for corporate filings and the Missouri forms are still to be determined. This ultimately means that we have to hold tax returns before we can file them. Lastly, the report summarized that the Treasury Secretary stated goals for taxpayers this tax season, which are have a staff taxpayer assistance centers, improve the level of telephone service from approximately 15% answered calls to 85%, and then reduce the average time from nearly 30 minutes to 15 minutes. They also want to automate in the scanning of millions of individual paper tax returns. Really can't believe that they aren't doing this already. And then also they want to provide taxpayers with the ability to receive and respond to notices online. Ultimately, I'm not too hopeful after reading this report. Also, we should find out by the end of the year what a $15 million task force fund found in investigating the cost and feasibility of creating a free direct e-file system for American taxpayers. I can tell you it's not feasible or sustainable due to the complexity around the tax code, but also managing security issues for such a system. The IRS has over 78,000 employees, billions of dollars in budgets, and an influx and even more spending in people, but it has no leadership, minimum customer service. So will Congress ever admit the fact that a large tax administration is not serving American taxpayers well? Now let's talk about the tip credit. In my first few years of preparing taxes and working with small businesses, I didn't even know that this tax credit existed for restaurants and bars. In fact, I had just taken on a couple of new restaurant bar clients who were pulling in millions in gross revenues a year who had CPAs doing their tax return that didn't know this credit existed either. It wasn't until I was implementing a new payroll software a year later after onboarding them that I found a report in our new system that calculated this credit. Of course, this led me to investigate a little more and I found out that the tip credit actually benefited these restaurant owners quite a bit to the tune of ten dollars to $20,000 of tax credits a year. The actual name of this credit is the Credit for Employer Social Security and Medicare Taxes Paid on Certain Employee Tips and is reported on Form 8846. 
The credit is part of the general business credit that business owners can take on their personal returns. As you already know, tips in any industry should be reported as part of compensation when processing payroll. By doing this, the employer pays for payroll taxes on the tips and can take a credit for this tax in excess of minimum wages. Okay, so who should file this Form 8846? Well, you can if you meet both of the following conditions. The first condition is that you have employees who receive tips from customers and those employees were providing or delivering or serving food or beverages to these clients. And then the tipping of these employees was customary for your business. Second, during the tax year, you paid or incurred employer Social Security and Medicare taxes on those tips. How is the credit figured? Well, generally, the credit equals the amount of employer Social Security and Medicare taxes paid or incurred by the employer on the tips received by the employee. The easiest way to calculate this is to review in a few steps if your payroll software doesn't automatically calculate. You can't take the tip credit on tips that got the employee to minimum wage. Only the FICA taxes paid above that amount. So the first step is you figure the wages paid at minimum wage. You take the hours worked times the federal wage rate for the period. For example, if an employee worked 20 hours and the federal rate is $7.25 an hour, that would come out to a $145 as your minimum. Second, figure the period's earned wages. So now you take not only what they worked times their cash rate plus their tips. So this could look like 20 hours worked times 2.13, which is the cash rate, plus tips, and we'll say it's $400. This would come out to $442.60. So now you calculate the credit this way. You take 442.60 less the 145 times the FICA, employer FICA rate, which is 7.65%. This comes out to $22.76 for that employee in credit dollars. So if this represented a consistent week's pay for that employee, then this tip credit could almost amount to $1,100 for the business owner at the end of the year in terms of a tax credit. This is a dollar-for-dollar dollar tax reduction on pass-through entity ownership, like a single shareholder in an S-corporation who owned a restaurant, he or she would be able to take 100% of this credit on their personal return. One thing to note is that not every state allows this tip credit. If you're a restaurant owner in Alaska, California, Minnesota, Montana, Nevada, or Washington, then you're simply unable to get this because their minimum wage laws don't allow you to, to calculate this credit. Ultimately, if you are a restaurant owner who regularly pays tips, and this is a normal part of your business, and then you report these tips on the employee payroll, you need a review for this credit. If you're not sure if you're already eligible or already getting this credit, then you need to simply ask your accountant or your CPA if you're getting this benefit. The key part in calculating this credit is making sure you have good payroll records or a good payroll software that provides this information and can generate the information that you need quickly and accurately to calculate this credit. Thanks again for listening and you can find today's links in the show notes below from today's podcast. If you like this podcast, then please hit subscribe and add a five-star rating so that other people can listen too. Feel free to connect with me and let me know your ideas for a future tax cast.